A week later, we're watching the video back. He said, and the moment that I zoom in on these figures, he said, the screen image goes staticky. It turns black and white. And then it's an upside down image of me filming them for about 30 seconds. And then it goes off. And I was like, what? On the VHS tape? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's insane. And then he says, yeah. He says, then the kids start getting, seeing things at the end of the bed. And he's, but he's getting, every story is getting more terrifying. And, you know, people being dragged across floors and stuff. And I'm like literally thinking, this doesn't feel safe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Your Ghost Stories. This week, we have the privilege of being joined by fantastic storyteller, Kev Eustace. With over 4,000 five-star reviews, Kev's podcast, The Dark Paranormal, sits proudly in the top 1% of all podcasts worldwide. Kev also hosts the hilariously spooky podcast, We Need to Talk About Ghosts. It's great to have you here, Kev. So welcome to the show. That's a big inch. Thank you very proudly. For everybody listening, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I do two two shows currently, um, both paranormal. So we do, we need to talk about ghosts and uh, dark paranormal. And the me you're going to speak to, it's the only way I can do it interview wise is, is the me from we need to talk about ghosts. And it's the only way you can hold a conversation because otherwise you'd be speaking to me like this and I'd have to <laughs> pretend. <laughs> that I talk like this all the time. Because the dark it's a genuine story, submissions from listeners. Um, but it's not, I, I, I will, on the dark paranormal, hence the title, it will never be, if somebody sends a story and that says, you know, I, I felt the spirits of me pet dog around my legs and it, t- it told me that there's a spirit life, I'm like, go away. You know, if somebody sends me something that says, the devil grabbed me by the throat and threw me down the stairs, then I'm like, you're in. Well done, welcome to the club. So, um, whereas on We Need to Talk About Ghosts, I'll be like, oh, the dog's around the legs. So it's, um, yeah, so two very different personalities of me, but still me, because there was a need to do that separation, if you like. So how long have you had an interest in the paranormal? Where did it all start? Uh, to be honest, uh, I've been into the paranormal since I was, since literally, I know it sounds like a cliche thing to say, but since I can remember, um, the Usborne book on ghosts, um, I used to rent from the library as a child from, from the kid, it was in the kids section, obviously, cause it's aimed for children. And I'd, I'd rented from the library. This is going way back. I mean, I'm 44. So you, you used to have like book cards with little slips that you'd take out of the actual physical book and put in your book card. And that would let people know that you've got the book and all this. It was very manual back in the day. Um, and yeah, and I had it, like I started a ghost club when I was seven and I was the only member and I had fleeting members that would come and go. And they'd realize that I'd be like, no, no, we're going to sit in this haunted corner by the haunted rock. And they were like, it's not haunted, it's the playground. So. I'm going to leave you now. I, I quit the club, but I'd be like, I need another member. Um, 
And then eventually you go through that sort of phase where you, every time I go anywhere, if I go to a hotel, if I go to, um, you know, if I start a new job anywhere or anything like that, it's my first thing I ask people, you know, do you believe in ghosts? Have you seen a ghost? Is there anywhere haunted around here? What tales have you got? So it's all encompassing, really. It's funny, <laughs> you can't see it on this. I mean, I know that they can't see it anyway. But uh, just to the left of me is my partner's bookcase. And she went to Greenwich University and got a master's degree. And hers is all like there's Bill Bryson in there. There's you know, what else is there? Modern philosophy. There's a lot, you know, Sebastian Falks and all this. And on the right is my bookcase. And my bookcase is Ghosts and How to See Them, Palmistry 101, Colin Wilson Mysteries. You know, it, there's two very different styles of, of bookcases. The same size, completely filled with the same amount of books, about maybe 200 books. Um, but she's a complete skeptic and I'm a complete believer. And um, I'm sat in kind of the cloud in the middle when I record normally. Have you uh, have you given up trying to convince her, or are you always sort of uh, say, hey, "Have you heard this? Check this one out." Well, she joins me on. We need to talk about ghosts. I challenge her to do um, to find a story. Well, I say I challenge her. I pass it to her normally, but I'll find a story on Reddit, and it's quite funny because I've recently started recording from a studio space in uh, the city centre. Just because it wasn't fair on my partner, because I, I used to record all the time from here. Uh, which is the house, but I only do interviews in that from here you now overnight. Um, and the reason I tried to get somewhere more permanent was because when I'd record, she couldn't move because it's a quite old house. And if she went to the toilet or if she turned on a tap downstairs, there'd be murder. Um, and it wasn't fair, so I had to like move out basically to record. But I do get, I, I give her like, a, I'll find something on Reddit. Sorry, what I meant to say is it's quite funny because it's kind of a professional sound and podcast. We need to talk about ghosts up to a point. And then I talk to Becca, who's my partner, on a handheld recording device because I have to literally follow her around the house trying to get her to talk to me about ghosts. And she's not interested in the slightest, but she'll give me 15 minutes a week to talk about a story on Reddit. Like we have an ongoing joke where I'll say, I'll try and quiz her. And it's quite funny, she'll because she always goes, it's always Janet from Enfield. It's, that's the answer to every question. And I'm like, it's not. But like, she's she's corrected me a few times now. Her, her knowledge is really gone. For a skeptic, she could hold her own in a room full of believers. It's quite interesting. Have you ever been out on um, your sort of own investigations or with a team? Me and Jamie have ourselves been out and done a few sort of like ghost, um, not tours, but like... Oh, yeah. um, was it it was uh it was in an old school weren't we and there was a few places that, that um obviously you had to pay to get in and stuff but yeah oh yeah, of course you know, yeah. you know what i mean I, I don't my mind's gone blank i can't remember what they're called they? but yeah let's call them ghost tours it's like a ghost <laughs> i know what you mean ghost investigation yeah 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 myself myself and becca have we done one um it was john lennon's former school it's uh or something to do with John Lennon, anyway. But that's anyway, claim, that's their claim to fame. <laughs> Give us some money, and it comes yeah, to John they, Lennon's they, old school. Yeah, it's actually a really lovely, like Georgian house, probably built off the back of slaves because a lot of Liverpool was sadly. But if it overlooks the entire city, and um, 
Blackburn House, it's called. It's it actually now does a lot of good work for for um equal rights and um abused women and things like that and getting them building the confidence. There's a lot of workshops that go on there. It's a really good charitable place now. But uh when we done our ghost hunt there with this team, we there was like 20 of us and it was um it wasn't as like, you know, you, you, when you pay for these tickets, you think, oh, it's going to be me and you and a load of equipment. And it's not, there's like a tribe of you going from room to room. Uh, and there's always some Wally there who's going, Urgh. and you're like, oh, for God's sake. They were like the two hosts. One said, does anyone want to say anything or ask anything to the spirits of the room? And um, this young girl went, yeah, I and she was serious. Like she went, I actually think I'm a bit psychic, and um, I I often get responses to when I when I knock, and the girl's like, okay, do you want to try and knock? And she went, yeah, if you don't mind. So the girl goes, and I I whispered in my partner's ear, does she only get ghosts of like milkmen and window cleaners? Because it was a pure window cleaner knock, but we I, we found that Sarah, well, that was the highlight of the night. Um, <laughs> But we and uh, Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories, we've done uh, one which was just us in, uh, it was like, as part of a YouTube thing for, uh, there's a channel called... She was actually telling us about this. She, she, we had her on uh, literally about a couple of yes. weeks ago. She was saying, it's called Haunted Hotel or something, right? Haunted Hotel, yeah. And, and yeah, she said you guys went along and she told us about it. Sounds yeah, awesome. we had a we had a ball, we had a ball. And she's great fun. I love Emma, she's boss. But um we funny enough, her being like much more skeptical than me, uh, she experienced more than I did. There, there was like a weird, a weird whether it was clever editing or not, I don't know, but there was a weird moment where I was walking around this doll in our alleged haunted room, who which was sat in a pentagram, of course. Um, and nothing's going on. But meanwhile, she was lying on this bed. And something kicked her from underneath, like which was really weird. And I was like, you know, I'm the believer. Let, let stuff happen to me. But yeah, it was an interesting night. It was a very good night. It was very well done, as well as compared to the, you know, the the ghostly window cleaner knock. It's not to pick those guys apart at all. I asked Emma the same question. But do you think those guys? Uh, kind of have maybe a hand in some of the things that happen or do you think they are 100% legitimate? You know what? I'll be perfectly honest. I think they, on the night when you go and do that, the um, the stay with them, I think they're 100% legitimate. Uh, but, I th but obviously, like us, like you guys, like anyone, anyone who's trying to make a, you know, a content creative driven thing the 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 they can be quite clever with the editing of the episodes but what takes place takes place it was kind of a, i mean could the, she will, will have told you no doubt that we had a baby crying um and could it have been from somewhere else outside even maybe but for me what was the weirdest thing was um a rem pod uh, you guys will be aware of what those are, obviously, and your listeners should be as well, I imagine, if they're listening. But it's kind of a proximity device that goes off, that ghost hunters use. You see them on every ghost hunting show. So if you approach them, the 
So they'll leave one in the hall and it'll go off by itself and they'll go, it's going off in the hall and no one's there. Um, one of them went off at a very peculiar time. Uh, and it was, and everyone was accounted for. It's all on camera. And it was very interesting. So um, we, well, let's put it this way. We started off meant to be staying in two separate rooms. And in the end, we had a chat and we were like, listen, completely like above board. We'll both stay clothed, but I'm not sleeping alone tonight because I'm terrified. Um, so yeah, but it was good fun. And uh, they do do a good job. I I, I think... As I say, there could be some clever editing going on. I don't know. And if there is, it's only for effect. But the experience, in my opinion, was genuine. Your ghost story. Your ghost story. So, Kev, being a self-confessed and prolific believer in ghosts, have you had any other experiences that have really stuck with you? Yeah, I've had loads. <laughs> well, I say I had loads, and then when I try and think of them, I go, oh, no. I've had stories told by family members that I believe. Let me put it that way. Um, to me personally, the closest I've got to it is I've had an out-of-body experience, an intentional one, where I was trying to do it. And it scared the life out of me. And not because I've seen anything or anything like that. It just, in in a nutshell, what friend of mine was a tarmacker and he was working somewhere in Wales on a big stately home. And he says he found, he didn't find, he stole this book about astral projection and how to get there. It was called, and it was by the Aquarian press. And he said, you're into all this. Do you want it? Like I got it for you. Like I went, yeah, okay. So I skipped to the chapter on how to do it. As you do, there was like five chapters before all like the dangers how not to do it, how not to do it this way. Don't do it like this. This will terrify you. Make sure you're prepared for this. But I skipped that and went to how to do it. Um, and it was 16 at the time. And I just lost my mother and going on. And I wasn't working at, at, at school. And I was sleeping on the top bunk of a bunk of a room shared with my brother, brother at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And one of the methods they say to do it is to look at a like a carriage clock or something and close your eyes. And as you hear the click, visualize the hand moving and and open your eyes and see if you're right. And if you're right, then brilliance and wait until you're in sync so that when your eyes are closed, you're still seeing what's happening. And that's one method to allegedly be able to start to see the, the, the etheric plane, if you like, not the astral plane, um, which is our everyday existence plane. So you can walk around like a ghost, basically. And I thought, that sounds good. I haven't got a carriage clock. I'll stay at a spot of Artex on the ceiling. So I closed my eyes and unbelievably when I opened my eyes, the Artex hadn't moved. So I ended up falling asleep. This was like three in the afternoon. And I had Sergeant Pepper playing on repeat the album. And I remember it very vividly. My dad came into the room and because of everything that was going on, we wasn't seeing eye to eye really. And he came in, it's like four in the afternoon. I'm asleep, you know, what? That's not the best image to give you, Dad. So he comes in and he goes, oh, you lazy gets. Like, get up out of bed now. You know, like, blah, 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 blah. So I lift my head off the pillow and look at him and say, all right, all right, I'll get up now. And then get out. And like, so he goes and I, I put my head back on the pillow, shaking my head. And instantly, like instantaneously, I'm sat up in bed. And I remember thinking, I don't remember 
the journey from pillow to he- and before I could finish that thought, I was lying back with my head on the pillow and I couldn't move. I was complete sleep paralysis, if you like, or what's being described as sleep paralysis. But this wasn't sleep paralysis. I was fully awake at this point. I just couldn't move. And I had pins and needles from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. Uh, slowly, the blood and the circulation started moving. It was the weird, weirdest sensation ever. And I crawled very slowly because, you know, what it's like when you get pins and needles in your leg or whatever, or your leg goes dead. And then it's, you can't put weight in it because you're like, ah, ah. But it was like that all over your body. So I was like climbing down the ladder of this bunk bed, like, ah, everything that touches weird. And I, I ran my heart pounding into the living room where my dad thinks I'm just bone idle. And I thought, tell him, you've got to tell him that something, you've come out of your body, something weird just happened. Like 40, well, I'm 44 now. So 28 years later, looking back, in hindsight, it's not the best thing to tell your dad who already thinks you're a dosser. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but I did. And he was like, just shaking his head at me. No, you didn't. Go and get a job. And I was like, no, I did. I did. And the weirdest thing was, it happened when I woke up after falling asleep, not when I expected it to. So therefore, I didn't sleep for like three weeks because every time I was about to drop off, I jumped up because I was like, oh no, I don't want it to happen. You know, because it kind of caught me unawares. But it was 100% real. 100% 100% genuine. And the only way I could describe it is it felt like the color green. Now, I know that that sounds stupid and I have no idea what the color green feels like. But if you said to me, well, what did it feel like? Can you describe it? It, it? it felt like the color green. It also, the only other thing that comes close is, you know, when you squeeze, you, you might not, you might not have used modern um, calculus equipment, but you know, when you squeeze the screen of a calculator and it does that black oily rainbow effect, that, that was how it felt. Strangest thing, but I'm 100% genuine. The only other one was when I got kidnapped by, uh, well, he was a nice guy because he dropped me off, but got kidnapped by a um, someone who I thought was part of a group that we were with. I arrived late and he wasn't. He was just a very quiet weirdo who sat by us. But it was like an audition for a play and that I'd went to when I was meeting the cast and um, this guy listened to everything that had been said. He was sat left of me. And what had happened is during the introduction, someone had motioned towards him and said, Steve does the sound. And I was like, oh, okay. And when towards the end of the night, I obviously say, did anyone believe in ghosts? Let's tell some ghost stories. I've never met you before. Tell me your stories, blah, blah, blah. Um, when we came out of this cafe at like 11 at night, Dale went one way and I was going to Lime Street to get the train on my own. And this guy comes out and says, I couldn't help but hear you say you live near where I live. Do you want to lift? And to me, this is Steve who does the sound. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, please. So we get in the car and we start driving. And he says, I couldn't help but overhear you said you into the paranormal and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love it. And he went, see, I've got something that I really want to tell you. But And he starts like rubbing his chin. And he's like, but I, I don't want to pass on like the bad juju sort of thing. And I'm so obviously I'm like, you've got to tell me now, like this sounds amazing. Um, so he goes, um, he goes, all right. He said, but you've got to promise me you won't tell anyone. I've told literally fucking everyone that I've come into contact with. Um, <laughs> says he went to Glastonbury, not the festival, just the place on holiday with the kids and his wife. And there was a moment during them playing, he had an old VCR tape recorder and he's filming them playing. 
And he notices on the Glastonbury tour behind them white figures moving around a set moving around the tour in a circle. So he lifts the camera up, points at them, zooms in. He said, and when is it, and but he's driving as he's telling me this, and he's getting more and more like het up. And he's like, yeah, his eyes are going wide. And he's like, and when I zoom in, the one of them stopped and looked at me. And I went, no. And he's like, yeah. He said, um, so I just looked back at the kids, like, and you know, thought, oh my God, that was weird. And I went, oh my God, that sounds like really strange. He went, that's like the start of the story. So I'm like, oh, good. And I started, I, there was just a vibe from him where it was like, I don't feel safe. Do you know what I mean? Um, then he said when he got home, yeah, they arrived home like within however many hours, I think eight hours or whatever it was when they left. And there was an unposted, unpostal marked envelope pushed through his, through his door, which had, it was either dead insects or nail clippings, I can't remember. And my brain will embellish facts. So, but it also had the message, more importantly, it had the, the message, you've seen something you shouldn't have seen. And he was like, oh, so he said, so I didn't know what it was. So a week later, we're watching the video back. He said, and the moment that I zoom in on these figures, he said, the screen image goes staticky. It turns black and white. And then it's an upside down image of me filming them for about, 30 seconds and then it goes off and I was like what on the VHS tape and he's like yeah and I was like that's insane and then he says yeah he says then the kids start getting seeing things at the end of the bed and he's but he's getting every story is getting more terrifying and you know people being dragged across floors and stuff. And I'm like like this 17 year old lad who's literally thinking this doesn't feel safe even though I allegedly know you and it got to the point where when we got he was he's like what what street do you live in and I'm thinking, you can get to F, mate. So I'm like, I said, just drop me by Asda. I'll be fine. Um, he went, are you sure? I went, yeah, 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 yeah. And I live miles away from Asda. So he drops me in Asda and gets off. I ran home saying the Hail Mary, being the very plastic Catholic that I am, like repeatedly. And the next day, the chess, the chess, that's because I'm looking at a book with the word chess on. The, um, oh, the playwright was a guy called Carl and he calls me, he lived in Kirby and he called me and he was like, um, he was basically telling me I didn't get the part from that meeting. He assumed by my voice, it was very low that I was some meathead. And I walked in with these little round John Lennon glasses on and like a curtain part and a mirror. Hello. So uh, he was saying, yeah, you're not what we envisaged for the part. And I went, I said, I said, that's fair enough. I said, I gathered that really. I said, I'll tell you what though, that's Simon who does the sounds, a bit of a weirdo, isn't he? And he was like, Simon wasn't there. And I went, he was, he gave me a lift. And he went, who? He, said, he, he said, I promise you he wasn't there. I said, well, who was the guy sat next to me then? He said, on the left. I said, yeah. He said, I don't know. He was there when we got there. I was like, no way. I said, so some random fellas just earwigged the entire conversation and then offered me a lift and divulged the most terrifying story I've ever heard. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. But terrifying. And I'm lucky to be alive. So yeah, there's um so they're my two puzzles. Did this dude have a crack pipe in his car? You know what? I'm always I well, I'm clearly not because I'm just belting it out now. But um I've mentioned it on many, like I've I've told that story on Jim Harrell's campfire. Um 
I've told her on my show a few times uh, that the, but every time I say it, part of me kind of thinks, crap, what if he's, he's clearly into the paranormal. Do you know what I mean? What if he's listening to this and thinking, right, okay, you think this was all a joke? Right, well, I'm coming to get you, sort of thing. So I'm always like, every time I say it, I think, shit, I shouldn't have said it. Why didn't you say the other one? So never mind. He's coming for you. He's defo coming for me. If I disappear, suddenly off the face of the earth. He's waiting for a special episode, like you're, you know... Yeah, a real special number, and then he's going to take over and record the episode with you as a puppet. Yeah, and then send you his toenails in the post. <laughs> yeah, there will definitely. I'll put it this way: I'll be strapped to something on Glastonbury Tour at some point in the near future. <laughs> I mean that that does sound like a really, really sort of like um, creepy encounter. Actually, um, it's it's weird. I mean, I've had like weird, creepy encounters with uh, people when I used to work at um, McDonald's. I remember one guy serving this customer, and he knew my name. And he, he just seemed to like know so much about me. Is this older guy, and he knew so much about me. And I just remember like my mind was like blown. Like, who the hell are you? Is, is this guy been stalking me? But I, I can't remember what he said. But I remember he said something, and it sort of resonated with me. Like, how would he know that? then I never saw him again. I can totally relate to that as well. So this happened probably about six months ago. So or just before, it's probably about eight months ago. And I was just in a McDonald's with my partner. And we, we just waited around. And there's this guy there just acting weird. You know, you, you, just, uh, you just around some people, you just feel really uncomfortable. And, you know, you, you, when people are acting weird in public, you obviously try and trying not to look as much as possible but you want to like kind of look and make sure you're <laughs> keeping your distance and you don't want to be anywhere near him but yeah this guy was like have you ever seen the film little nicky with adam sandler yes so you know like when they come up to earth and like the brothers come up to earth and they're really evil and they've taken over all these people yeah this guy just reminded me of that like he was just like the devil or the devil's son and it was just crazy and it was like he didn't know how McDonald's works. He didn't know how the touch screens worked. He didn't know anything. He, and then he just walked back to his RV and he, he got talking to me. And it was just this, I don't know, just got this little Nicky vibe from him. And wow. yeah, it's totally what you, know what you mean. Just meet these people in public. And you're like, dude, like there's something up with you. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, that one yeah, sounds, sounds more terrifying than Nigel's one because Nigel's one sounds more, I don't know, it, it sounds like more like, yeah, it's more innocent than this. Like this guy who's like, it's more innocent, semi-aggressive. Yeah, you call this cash, you say, sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's, it's just like, dude, you're you're like, it seems like you're you're from hell. <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, well, you just get this vibe. Yeah, yeah in, I mean, interestingly, in, in Nigel's case, and I'm not saying this is the case, but I like I'm into the paranormal because my mother was into the paranormal. And she had loads of experiences. And her mother died when she was like one or two, I think. Um, anyway, she never met. She never met her. But one day, she was in uh, a shoe shop in town in Liverpool City Centre, really early in the morning. And she was trying to decide between these two pairs of shoes. And this woman on the other side of the the rack, if you like walked around and said, 
like tapped the yellow ones and said, don't buy them, love, they don't suit you. And my mum, being my mum, like didn't just say, who the F are you? She was like, oh, okay. And just put them back and tried the other ones on. But as she's trying them on, she thought, how cheeky is that? Just to come up to someone and say, you don't suit that and get off. So she said she put the shoes down, walked out of the shop and this woman was gone, completely disappeared. Anyway, she told me auntie about it and my auntie was like, describe her. And she did. And she was like, that's your mum. Your mum your, your was with you in the shop. And so it's interesting. It makes me think of wonder about Nigel's story, whether it was, you know, some sort of possible relative. You never know. Yeah, it could have been. It's funny. I had a friend who, who um, didn't live there, obviously. He worked in um, Philpots, you know, and uh, I don't know whether you got it where you guys are, but there's, um, there's one in town. And he one morning was opening up and he was work shy, to say the very least. And one day he decided he didn't want to be in work for the full day. So he thought what he'd do is he'd lock himself in the store cupboard. And when the next person came in at nine o'clock to do the remainder of the opening up, he would bang furiously on the door and say a ghost pushed him into the cupboard. And he can't stay here because he's frightened out of his wits. Now, the joke was kind of on him because he'd done that at half eight and he couldn't find the light switch. So he spent half an hour in the dark and to quote him, he said he was genuinely terrified. He said it wasn't an act when the person turned up. He was like, genuinely, oh my God, thank you for letting a ghost punt at the end. I was like, oh my God, why don't you just say I'm going home and feel sick? Why do you have to have these elaborate ruses that involve poltergeists? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna guarantee, no one's going to question that, are they? <laughs> So, Kev, to, to finish off the show, you've heard plenty of stories over the years with all mm. the podcasting you've done. Could you tell us a real brief outline of one of your f- most favorite stories and where our listeners could find the full thing? Oh, um, God, that's a good one off the top of my head. Oh, I, you know what? I won't tell you uh, an individual story, but what I will say, say is that some of the best stories i think the most authentic stories you can tell there's a certain cadence to them there's a certain use of language in how they're told that gives an air of authenticity that's just impossible to well not impossible but it's really hard to fake and there is a book on amazon which um is written by a liverpool cabbie and it's called i don't believe in ghosts but and it says Tales from a Liverpool Cabbie. And he self-published it. And this is not like, I mean, it is a plug, but I don't know the guy. But it's stories people have told him in his cab. Um, and they're only like, some of them are like a paragraph long. But honestly, I like it's a really small book too. There are about maybe 50 stories in it. But you just, you, you, when you finish that book, you know we're not alone. It's, there's so many little anecdotal pieces of, Things which just, even now thinking about it, and like I'm in the house alone, my partner's working abroad at the minute, just just me and the cat. And um, I'm just thinking about that book. I'm I'm getting a shiver down the spine and looking at the blur on the Zoom video of the of the doorway there in case something goes past. But I would recommend that. It's called, um, I, I, I Don't Believe in Ghosts, but Tales from a Liverpool Cabbie is the thing to put into Amazon. It's only about five quid and it's worth every penny. Just to interject into the conversation there. If you listening are anything like me 
and you want to read this book. I believe Kev got the title a little bit wrong and meant, have you ever seen a ghost? No, but scary tales from a Liverpool cabbie. So yeah, go check that out on Amazon. I'm buying it now. Back to the conversation. Where can our listeners uh, find your podcast? Um, just search The Dark Paranormal. We've just, literally today, I've just finished season 12. Uh, that should be out on Friday. And it's an epic story, a really good story. Goes on for quite a while. And the other show is We Need to Talk About Ghosts. There's also um, starting a true crime on 27th of October called The Deadly Countdown. And yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure to meet you, Kev. And thank you so much for your time and for coming on our podcast. Thank you for the invite, guys, and best of luck with the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kev.